Welcome to podcast 243 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Just Dave. David, hello. <laughs> hello, Matt. Just the two of us. It is just the two of us. We can make it if we try, etc. There's a song there, I'm, I'm sure. I, I did carry on with the lyrics, oh. but I thought I'd stop before we got a bit too <laughs> into it. Uh, we are skipping the safe focus for this week, but we have a rather interesting spotlight, which is a day in the life, or maybe a, an entire game cycle in the life of a researcher. And strangely enough, we have one of those right here in the Please. shape of Mr. Azapardi. So uh, we will be, or I will be posing questions today about what it's like to actually be a researcher and all of the ins and outs that he can tell us um, that don't breach his NDA, but Dave and NDAs doesn't really no, matter, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't signed anything, etc. Um, so I guess we can just jump straight into it. So Dave, um, what are the responsibilities of a Premier League club researcher? Nice and easy one. Like, What do you have to do, I'm going to say on a day-to-day basis, but as, as part of your role as a researcher, what is in the remit? Yeah, so like you said, there are a lot of people, you say day-to-day, there are a lot of people that think this is my actual job. It, it's not. So this is <laughs> definitely, there are people that do it full time, but they're the, they're the guys at the top. Um, for anybody like myself or, you know, most of the other researchers in the Premier League, Championship, etc., it is just basically a hobby. Um, we don't necessarily get a fixed pay for it or anything like that. It is pretty much voluntary. We get our little perks, which I'm sure we'll talk about um, later on. Um, but yeah, so... Basically, our responsibilities, there is one per club. So whoever you support, uh, there's more than likely at least one person uh, managing all the data for that. And then there is obviously someone higher up that is going to moderate those changes. So it's not like I can put 20 attributes, you know, for attributes on every single player. It's it's not that easy. Um, so you obviously have to take the bias out of the situation as well a little bit. Um, but everything to do with my specific club, which is obviously Wolves, I pretty much deal with. Um, so obviously player attributes, kit colours, finances, favoured personnel, people the fans hate, um, stadium information, just everything. Um, there are a few things that have changed more recently, uh, but more or less everything to do with my club is is something that I can have an effect on. Um, so people very often say or talk about changes on on Twitter or or message me about certain players or so on, and uh, they'll give me some advice and I can either take it or more often than not I tell them why a certain player's got a certain attribute or whatever. Um, but yeah, everything to do with a certain club, there is somebody at least one person out there that is managing every single thing. We do see occasionally adverts asking for slightly more obscure clubs, especially like lower down the the pyramid. So, I think, I think their responsibilities are probably a little. I guess it depends, really, because you, there's probably a lot of information you can access relatively easily because the club will have it listed, whereas smaller clubs may not. And so, having access to that information via the club is perhaps the only way of actually obtaining it. But we'll move on to that a bit later on because there are some things that I'm I'm particularly interested in and how you actually get it but um, you mentioned something about giving players all 20 attributes and there's one particular player and I think this is almost why you're the perfect person to have on here because there are some very specific sort of scenarios predominantly for Wolves and mainly in the form of Adama Traore where yeah. 
uh, his attributes are are difficult. You've always, you've we've mentioned. I think the reason why I kind of wanted to cover this topic because we've mentioned little bits here and there, but we've never actually discussed it as as a whole, as a big its own individual topic. But we've mentioned before about the balancing act of attributes and say like ultimately each player has a ceiling that they have set by whoever uh, has decided that 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 ceiling is set at but then you've got to make sure that the attributes don't go like you know much like darts you can't go bust so how do you go about balancing that out or balancing the attributes out for someone like Treore who is incredibly strong and incredibly fast um and then also, how do you go about like changing those attributes? Like, do you have to have evidence of any upgrades and downgrades? So, two parts to that question, yeah. David. The the Adama one is obviously the perfect example. Um, it, I'll try my best to explain this quite easily, or make it quite easy for people to understand. But like you said, every player in Football Manager, uh, regardless of if they're non-league. Premier League, Champions League level or whatever, they've got a recommended current ability, what their current ability should be. So obviously 200 is the best player in the world, down to one that's somebody that can't even kick a ball. So, you know, Premier League standard, you're looking anywhere between, I would say, 110 to 140-ish for a good Premier League player. Anything towards 150, 160 plus, you're looking at a really decent footballer. Um, So players like Adama Traore are really difficult because attributes are all weighted differently. So if you're a winger, um, obviously pace and crossing and dribbling is weighted quite heavily towards your current ability. Uh, If a player plays in a lot of positions, so if he's a winger but he can play right back as well, it's going to put tackling into it. So it's really hard to balance it out. I think you can look at it a little bit, Matt. You might correct me if I'm wrong. I think you can look at it a little bit in the pre-game editor as well. It works in a similar sort of way, I think. Um, but the system we use for for the on for the football manager researching, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more later, the system we use for it, it tells me what it's rated out of ten, what each attribute is the weight of it. So if it's a ten yeah. out of ten, it means it's going to weigh a lot more towards their current ability. Um, so Adama was always a tough one because obviously we know he's one of the quickest players in the world. So he's always going to have 19 or 20 for acceleration and pace. And straight away, that makes it really difficult for me to put more attributes towards other things. I think in the latest update, or possibly last summer, I got him as good as he can be. Uh, a lot of people coming in, uh, coming into the Twitch chat or tweeting me saying, why has he not got this attribute? Why has he not got this attribute? Why is this not stronger? And so, one, it's very difficult for, for me to get it like that. But at the same time, do you think he's actually good at that? <laughs> because there were yeah. somewhere, apart from him running on the ball, and this is me being completely non-biased, apart from him being really strong on the ball, he's actually an okay crosser of the ball, but he doesn't really do much <laughs> much else. So I think his attributes are really fair. But there's other players... Uh, Alfonso Davis was always one. He's been a lot more polished in the last year or two of the game, but for for a while he was one that they really struggled to nail down because Tariq Lamptey is another one. Like, it's mainly one. players with who who have like who are physically dominant. Yeah, exactly. And so all of all of the all of the weighting goes towards that, and then it leaves nothing left for the mental and technical side of their game. Even if even if they are good at those, I guess it it's a coin flip as to to what like what is more fundamental to their actual game are they known for being an express pace winger who like i guess another more 
uh, or less contemporary option or is um, is Theo Walcott, who yeah. was incredibly fast, but then technically was okay in game, but he could be an absolute monster because he was insanely quick. And that that is always what you're going to get. Ultimately, though, much like it is in real life, physical attributes, and I think we've probably seen in this year's game quite a lot as well, like, a, like there's a bit of a meta around physically imposing players who are quick, particularly strikers. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they they just seem to do amazingly well in the match engine, and I guess in real life there there is only so as long as you haven't got fifty p for a head, like you if you can jump higher than someone else and you can get to the ball quicker than them, there's a chance you're going to make a chance for yourself or someone else. Yeah. Uh, then that that just because you're quicker and stronger and can jump higher, um. So I guess uh, that's the the difficulty that you have in making sure that. A player doesn't become OP and also, again, blow out their their recommended potential uh, or current ability. Yeah, another player that I've got, obviously Adama Traore has moved on now but the, uh, at the moment, but another player I've got that is sort of similar is Daniel Pedence as well. And again, he's a player who probably, you know, current ability, he's one of the better players in the squad. But again, he's another player that's very quick. He's good on the, as a good dribbler and straight away that takes up so much of his current ability and it's quite difficult for me to try and pad out his mentors and technicals. Again, I think one of the hardest bits for a researcher is obviously trying to get it, you know, as unbiased as you can. I think I've got him pretty much bang on. Um, but then what you've also got to consider um, is your overall team recommended current ability. So this is ranked Premier League wise. Each league will have it different. So basically from 1 to 20 in the Premier League, ideally they're going to want the team's Roughly in order. So you're looking, your top four teams recommended current ability are going to be like your Man City, uh, your your Chelsea, Liverpool and so on. And roughly a predicted top tw- uh, top 20, the, the order the Premier League is going to be in. So Wolves are always going to be around 7th to 10th, I'd say, in terms of recommended current ability. And that's what the average of your squad has got to be, this, this certain number. So that makes it difficult as well, Matt, trying to balance that out. Because, of course, uh, this January, I had to actually put, despite Wolves doing so well, my current ability was too high. So I had to try and downgrade players, which was so di- so difficult for me to do. So there were some top players at Wolves that had struggled with injuries or whatever, so I could downgrade them. But there were players like, for argument's sake, Max Kilman, who's done so well in the Premier League this season. Mm. He was like a lower Premier League, top cha- like higher championship level player, and I had to try and upgrade him. So. There's so many obstacles. It's not just me putting a number in. Ah, oh, yeah, he's quite good at heading. Give me 15 heading. And it's not just typing in the attributes. There's, that. there's quite a lot of thought process. And that's just the attribute side of things. There's, and then you've got traits and all sorts of other things as well. See, I, I've made sort of little, like, I guess, player or custom players for showdown databases. Yeah. Uh, like when we've, when we've had legends. And that that in itself would just, like, 20 players is a pain to be able to do that because you are having to make sure that their uh, this their CA or current ability is within the same range as most players so at least it's it's fair whereas I'm not having to do that offer I've got maybe an old version of of championship manager that I can base that profile yeah. from and then tweak it as necessary but there is a lot lot of tweaking you have to do to make sure it fits within um, parameters and you do have to almost make concessions for uh, for certain things, uh, the question, well, the follow-up question to that then is: 
what do you find is the most difficult thing to to assess in that in that regard in terms of like is it easier to do the the technical mental or physical side of things when it comes to your assessment of a player um i think phys- uh, well it depends what sort of player and position they are really i think physicals are fairly easy to do especially if you're looking at forwards or wingers or so on um defenders sometimes can sometimes can be a little bit hard because you know I think you can tell when a player is quick or slow, but trying to get an exact number is always quite difficult. I think every and, and mentors are quite hard as well because you don't actually know. Sometimes you don't know how loud, how good of a leader a player is, or how good a, a set a set attribute is. So I think mental is probably the hardest one. Uh, technical is quite good because a lot of it is stuff that's on the ball or things that they're actually doing on the pitch, so which with an eye test is quite easy to do, but. Mentals are quite hard, like determination. I was gonna, I was How, gonna say, you know, a lot determination. Yeah. Like, I guess decision making to a point, but then, like, what about flair? Like, how do you judge flair on a like a on a one to one basis? Is, yeah, flair is normally someone that you know likes to do like the little tricks and and stuff like but that. Are you giving but, like examples of players who? This player is a twenty, and then you basically work down the scale. Is that how? Is that the not sort of advice ne- not you're necessarily? Given? But I think there are there have been examples of that. Not necessarily just with the flair thing, but there've been times like a perfect example was um, a James Ward Prowse. So a year or so ago on Football Manager, obviously he had a really big upgrade. I think it was either this summer or last last January uh, update or last winter update uh, in FM twenty one. And he's at, his free kicks are like 16 or 17 or something like that. Um, and then there was an argument in the forums on why he shouldn't be 20. Uh, so I think the Southampton researcher was was toying with the idea of putting him in at 20 free kicks. And someone said, well, the thing you've got to look at, if 20 is the best in the world, at the moment, can you think of a free kick taker who is better than James Ward-Prowse or somebody that is scoring free kicks as frequent as James Ward-Prowse? And you can't really... So therefore, you do put him towards the top of that list. Flair, I think, is a different one. Like we, you know, we, we say because it's it's how. To be fair, the FM, the database we use gives us really good descriptions on what to base mm. it on. Um, but stuff like the free kicks, that's what you base on. Twenty is the best in the world. Um, so like for Adama Traore, I know you know there's going to be qu- there probably is quicker players around the planet, but I know he's for sure probably one of the quickest. So I can I can do that. Um, but technical attributes is, is something like that. Finishing as well. You you want to look at shots to goal ratio and stuff like that. You know, Harry Kane uh, is probably a, a good, you know, example of that because of the amount of goals he scores and so on. So there's ways we, we can look at it. Um, but like I said, 20 is like best in the world or amongst the best in the world. Um, and that's that's another one. I had a, a there was an argument I had, I'll say an argument, but a discussion I had a couple of years ago regarding Patricio. And Casper um, uh, Schmeichel, and they were comparing those, and we were looking at stats and so on as well. So there is discussions with other researchers as well, because although we're researching for our own team, we want to make sure that the research and the database is as fair as possible, and uh, you know reflects the Premier League and reflects the players the right way. Really, I guess also it prevents one particular team having outliers and being extraordinarily overpowered in comparison to what they should be in real life like i like historically everton used to be amazing in fm because uh, one of the colliers 
was like an Everton fan, and yeah. so they would be world beaters like very easily because <laughs> it just used to stack the like pad the attributes out a bit for them. Um, that like you kind of half answered the second part of the question, which was like about evidence of upgrades and downgrades. Yeah, but like, if is it a case of you you go on like FB Ref and all of the like Opta style stats pages and just say like his conversions have gone up or down his goal contributions have gone up or down and so therefore we should check, tweak these attributes in relation to that because i think we've seen we see like from from summer to winter update sometimes players can go through like huge changes for what is a relatively short period of time yeah so i think it's um yeah for me it was a difficult one this year but this has happened so many times with with a lot of researchers if we say for argument's sake, let me try and use an example. Uh, say for argument's sake, Wolves sign, I don't know, Diogo Costa, the Porto goalkeeper in the summer. Um, I will never, well, I say never, I will probably not do any major changes to him until the winter update. Because one, I, I'm aware of who he is. I know he's a good goalkeeper, but I've not watched him week in, week out for the last season. So I'll trust the Porto researcher on that. And that's that's what a lot of people don't realise as well. We, we signed a lad from Colombia last summer. He came onto FM. He did okay in pre-season. And then you look at his attributes and they're like, yeah, he's probably like League 1, League 2 level. Why is he not so good? And I said, well, to be honest, before three three weeks ago, I'd never heard of him. <laughs> so I don't want to like update his, I don't want to update his attributes because of two pre-season friendlies. Um so that's why in the, in the winter update, especially sometimes there are some big upgrades or big downgrades um, and players can get, you know, exposed to a lot more first team football and so on as well. But in regards to, to that, trying to show proof, I think there is a lot of trust between the head researchers. So the guys that look over the football league or the Premier League or whatever and, and us as like club researchers. Um, there are times that I have used stats and so on. I think that's what a lot, uh, not not so much me, but other researchers definitely do that to compare them to other Premier League players. And I think with obviously not just the data hub in Football Manager, but just stats in general this year, uh, in particular, really, you know, becoming quite a big thing in football. Um, I think that'll start to get used a lot more to help researchers and help Football Manager in general, you know, get get the attributes to where they want to be. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if you weren't given access to like a an SI Opta login, for example, or mm. something like that to, to not just to back your own you know, back yourself up, but also to back up their changes that may be suggested. Yeah, it would make sense. Uh, I, I think, as you sort of said there, the the direction FM is going in with the the prevalence of data in real life football becoming more and more, they will it will only increase its influence within FM as well as they try to replicate what happens in real life. Yeah. Um so in you've you've sort of mentioned about the the transferring of players and how that's handled. So give us a, a I think Triore seems to be a fantastic like example because I know we've we've chat, chatted privately about this in terms of like the differences between loans and then permanent deals. How do those change? Because so, like for Traore at the moment, obviously he's on loan at Barca from Wolves. Yeah. So, in terms of his attributes, who is responsible for any changes? So, 
on transfers, I'll re just very briefly go back. So before, now everything is done, all the research is now done on an online system. So I could log into it now and look at any attribute of, not just Wolves players, any attribute on the Football Manager database. Um, beforehand, before this was released, I think this was released two years ago, we used to get sent out a file from the researcher, have to edit it on a program, then send it back to them within a certain deadline. So then with transfers, it was so difficult because if Wolves sold a player or signed a player, I'd have to email and say, this player signed for Wolves. And then I'd have to wait three or four weeks until I had the file back with this player mm. on. Whereas now, because it's all online, everything can be done instantly, uh, which is really good during the transfer window because it just speeds everything up. And I think SI are so happy with it because it's so, it's so good to use as well. Um, but in, yeah, so in regards to loan players, if they are loaned out, so say for argument, say Adama Troyore, who you've used there, um, obviously I can edit him up until I loan him to Barcelona and that's been approved. As he's now at Barcelona, I can't edit him. I can give suggestions, so I can message the directly message the Barcelona researcher and say, "Oh, uh, maybe I've, I've actually just watched Barca, and this is something that Adama did quite often at Wolves. Maybe we should change this." And and they can do it. Um, but until he's back at Wolves, I can't make any direct changes to him. Um, so really, the only direct changes I can make is any mem uh, players or staff that are actually at at Wolves. They're not loaned to or from the club. Um, sorry, I can I can edit players that are at the club. So Trincao, for argument's sake, who's on loan, I can edit him. But any players that aren't actually at Wolves, I can't edit. Right. Okay. So, so there isn't really a difference between how the permanent and loan transfers are. It's basically whoever is at the club at the time, you can tweak as much as you like, basically, obviously within reason. Yeah, yeah, it was the same with Trincao. I made changes to him in, in January uh, because I saw a lot of things this in the first half of the season, which definitely were nowhere near what uh, <laughs> what he was like and uh, with some of his attributes. Um, so I changed a couple of things on him. But I think that's the whole point. Like, the, for me, the... And I don't know if this is maybe one of your questions further down the line. That one of the harder things is the youth players as well. Um, the last year or two, under twenty threes games especially have become a lot more readily available, which mm -hmm. I think is good. And you're able to pad out under twenty threes more. Under eighteens is a bit more difficult. I think in Wolves' case, to be fair, they play a lot of under eighteens at twenty threes level, so mm -hmm. I've been able to see a lot more of them this year. Um, but that that's quite difficult. And when League Two or non-League clubs are loaning Wolves players and I'm literally sending them the player with no attributes, it's like, oh, it's a bit painful. But I think one of the things that they encourage is, you know, from from me watching, I could watch three or four games and I could spot two or three key things in every player. I think, yeah, he's quite quick and he's okay at passing. Or, wow, he's a good set-piece taker. So I can fill those attributes out with a number I think's good. And then if I watch him, I think, oh, he's playing a little bit like a deep line playmaker or whatever. I could set that uh, a preferred role to a deep line playmaker. So then it will use his recommended current ability and fill all the other blank attributes with a, so it makes him an all right deep line playmaker mm -hmm. for argument's sake. You could do it with a sweeper keeper or a wing back or whatever. So the system's really, really clever. So it's not like the non-league research is getting him and he's, what, he's got one for every attribute. It's still bulking <laughs> him out based on his current ability. Um, but that's that's one of the tough things as well, trying to pad out these under 23s players, especially when you know they're not all going to play for the first time team. It's not like I'm going to get a chance to finish them all off. I, I, I've still got to try and be fair on other researchers as well. I guess it's also a case of like, you can't 
you can't judge a player if you can't see him play. Like so, like, and I know you do watch a lot of like you go to as many Wolves games as you can live as possible. Yeah, and any you can't you watch on TV. But I know that your your viewing of the under twenty threes matches has increased since you took on the role as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I've I've been to some live, probably not as many as I want to, but um, they're they're all on the Wolves YouTube now, which is great. Um, every now and then I get sent the highlights from one of the, the football league researcher actually, cause I think he watches it, them quite a lot as well. Uh, he sends me the highlights every now and then, but, um, yeah, I, I watch it a lot and there's a lot of players that, you know, I, this time two or three years ago when I first got the role, I would have never have been able to see them play. So not so much uh, the winter update, but maybe, you know, if, if, um, FM 23 comes around and I get the opportunity to pad those out again, um, yeah, they'll definitely be a much much more complete Wolves youth system. And I think not not just for Wolves, I think a lot of clubs around the country are going to have a much better idea of their youth players, which is going to be great for, for the game. Well, you have kind of answered one of my questions sort of inadvertently there, which was about sort of how do you go about creating a new player who's just come through the under-16s? Uh, I guess you kind of have the the padding out issue. Like, unless you can actually see them play, how do you, how do you manage that? Like... Because there there is no history for them, uh, and unless they they get in regularly, what option do you have? What what can you do to make sure they like they aren't just a a randomly characterised player that's just you know they've just just signed their first uh, like youth contract for example. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, it's not and it's not just for players; it's for staff as well. So there are mm. a lot of staff walls. I don't know if they're the only team that do it. I'm sure they make staff roles up as well. They make it very, very hard as an FM researcher. <laughs> We've got head of coaching strategy, head youth coach development or whatever it is. I don't know. Basically, there's coach roles at Wolves that do not exist in football manager. So it makes it very difficult for me as well. But in terms of creating, obviously, players or staff, you can you can do that on this system. And uh yeah, like you say, it's pretty difficult without knowing. The researchers or the head researchers recommend a, a base current ability and a base potential ability for a 15, 16-year-old uh, youth player or whatever, um, which is you know makes it fair for them. I think per Premier League level, Championship level, they're all slightly different, obviously. Um, if, I, if I've seen the player, I can pad him out, but probably 99 times out of 100, I probably haven't if they're a new scholar or whatever. Um, same with the date of births. Wolves are okay at putting those um, out, but there are some still probably in the under-18s from last year that they still haven't released. So you just put um, what, what they call a latest date of birth, so the latest mm -hmm. they could have been born. So that's often on Football Manager, you'll see youth players and it's probably not their actual birthday um, and they have to get changed after a year or two. Um, so it's quite difficult, but it's going back to what I said earlier. If I know roughly how they play, if I know a player is like a, in, a winger that cuts inside, I could put him as an inside forward. It's going to base those attributes roughly on a half decent inside forward or what an inside forward would be. So, um, yeah, but staff's hard as well. Staff attributes are really hard. If it's somebody I've just created, if he's a physio, can I give him 20 physiotherapy? Is he that good of a physio? I, I've not been in the physio room with him, so I, I don't know. So I think that's another quite another tricky part about being a researcher. Well, that that kind of brings me round to the next question, which was about the like the accuracy of what you're logging and, and how you obtain that data. So you've mentioned how difficult staff can be to create, but what about... Like stuff like contract information and all of the different clauses 
minimum fee release clauses, the actual amount that that players earn, all of that sort of stuff. Like how how close to real life is that, and how easy is that to sort of obtain? I would say ninety five percent of the contract information on Football Manager is is probably not accurate. It's all it's as in it's all estimated. Um, there's I I I would say, and this is going back to the conversation we had earlier about non-league. I reckon non-league f- figures are probably easier to get sometimes than obviously Premier League uh, figures. We get it in the news of X player sign a new three million pound contract or whatever, so you can roughly work out what wage mm-hmm. you're on. There's loads of websites online that give wages, and I can tell you most of them are a load of rubbish. The Wolves ones especially, it says like Fabio Silva's on 100 grand a week, which I know for a fact is obviously obviously wrong. Um, so a lot of them are, are estimated. When, for argument's sake, I, I think I can tell this story, uh, when Patricio and Matinho first joined Wolves, obviously we'd just come up from the championship, so I thought wage, maybe like 60, 70,000 pounds, and the head researcher, they, this is one of the few times he's really overruled me, and he said, nah, you've got to be putting them on closer to 100, 100 grand a week. Um, so I don't know... Obviously, I, I don't know what his pay pack is. I've never seen Jao Moutinho's pay slip, so I don't know if it's closer to 60 or closer to 100. But I would say 90% of the wa- the wages or contract information of football manager is estimated. Same as add-ons, you know, I don't know what their appearance fee or whatever is. Uh, all of that is just put into the game. Um, so, yeah, obviously the expiry dates and stuff are pretty accurate because they are public knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but wage bills and that, until you see the annual figures, which normally come out like a year after the game anyway, like yeah. the, the books, it's quite hard to to know that. But that, and again, this is probably one of your questions. Finances is one of my biggest hates to do with football manager research because I am I understand f- football finances and so on, but FFP and stuff like that, I hate putting it into the game because I, I know I'll probably put it in wrong. Um, So, for example, the Wolves uh, financial year, from last year was released at the start of last month. So that can give me an idea of where we would have been at the start of the season. And that way for, for this upcoming summer, I can sort of work out. Um, but I, I do rely on Pete, who's the head researcher of the Premier League. I rely on him a lot for, for, for the financial <laughs> sort of stuff, to be honest. Well, I guess it's, yeah, that is that unless a, a payslip is leaked in, yeah. in the papers, which hasn't happened for quite a while now. Uh, you're never going to get, and that's only going to ever be one player anyway, unless you get a ridiculous leak from everything. Mm. Um, but in, in terms of, I guess, the, the club makeup, uh, aside from finances, is it have have Wolves helped you in getting the information, or do you have to basically glean what you can from the internet? Uh, I don't think directly i've asked people to ask people at the club and i've got some information that way so i don't think there's been anything major first team wise but there was a young lad in the academy last year who obviously i'd had as a wars player his contract was expiring and i've not seen anywhere that he was released or anything but then on his instagram now this this is where it gets a little bit weird and a little bit stalkish <laughs> sometimes on his instagram he played a trial match for shrewsbury so I didn't know if he was at Wolves or if he joined Shrewsbury. So I had to ask someone to ask the head of youth development or whatever at Wolves. And I found out that way. 
Um, LinkedIn is is very useful. Now, I don't know if some listeners may or may not use LinkedIn. If you go on someone's profile, they can actually see that you've been on their profile. <laughs> so this also <laughs> makes it a bit weird. But LinkedIn is probably, and a lot of researchers say this is the best way to find out staff who's actually working at the club. Um, I found out every update we do on Football Manager, I look at LinkedIn thoroughly and see if a certain staff member has left or joined Wolves. Uh, there's been some that was like, probably last summer, I'd gone gone through the list from FM21 of all the staff to check they were at the club. Some of them had moved to like Holland, some of them had moved like abroad and I didn't know. So LinkedIn is probably one of the best ways to to find out things. I had a, I had one guy message me before the winter update actually, and uh, I can't remember how the conversation started, but basically I just said like, look, I think he said he played football manager. I said, he's a physio at Wolves. I said, well, could I have your date of birth, your place of birth and stuff? Um, if you have your rough idea of height. And I just filled it, filled it all out. And I know the height of a physio doesn't really matter, but, you know, it's more information for football manager in the database at the end of the day. Um, so there's just little things like that. Uh, there probably are researchers out there that message every single person at the club or message coaches or message physios to find out the exact, you know, exact information. So I don't think hurts, but at the moment I haven't quite had the confidence to to do that. There was there was an interesting one though that uh, Walls had last uh, at the start of this season brought in. They changed all the medical department. They brought in a doctor from Birmingham, uh, from the play from from Birmingham City. It was a Chinese doctor, and in game that it listed as a male. And I saw a picture and it was definitely a female. So I had to change that in game. So she'd been on Football Manager for two or three years as a, as a male, uh, I was going to say character, but a male in game. And I remember Pete, the head researcher, said that could have been a little bit embarrassing if we hadn't spotted that. I said, well, good job I did it. Uh, but yeah, I think if you if you got a bit of confidence, you could probably, you know, speak to people and try and get a bit of information. I messaged I messaged a first team physio who followed me. He followed me on Instagram for a long time. I messaged him just to say, give me an estimated return date for a couple of injuries and he wouldn't tell me. He blanked me actually, so I won't ask him again. I guess there are certain limitations where they yeah. they just can't give you. Um, yeah, with things walls like are very tight-lipped about stuff like that anyway. And it wasn't even a first team, it was like an under-18s and an under-23s player. I thought, I just want to get the right sort of return date on FM and he, he wouldn't tell me, so... How, so how do you deal like with things like injuries or... like? I guess bans, but I guess it depends on if you've got a player who's got like a long-term ban, but yeah, I guess it's kind of, that's worked off the same principle as it is with contracts. They're probably estimates based on like uh, the average length of time out for a particular injury or something like that, I guess. Yeah. And, and there's some that obviously if it happens in the summer, uh, by the winter update, sometimes you pretty much know when they're back. So with, by the winter update, you can have a pretty accurate date. Uh, but a lot of them, you know, they can be estimated. There's been one or two players for me this year where Wolves have just not said anything about it and it's been a bit of a nightmare. And there's been players for argument's sake that have gone out to like on loan to Europe, left their club and Wolves have said, yeah, they've returned to the club and we just don't hear nothing else about it. So some of them, I had to go on the one guy's Instagram, posted nothing about it and then I searched one of his old stories and I saw he had an ACL operation. 
checked oh it's on his right knee so i had to put that in the database and everything it's just like how flipping weird is this but then i just had to search average you know recovery for an acl injury or whatever and then you just it's just purely estimated some of them but you'll get a good idea for argument's sake netto he returned a few like a couple of months ago so in the database i'll say he returned then um so i think in this this year's game it's pretty accurate anyway um but yeah, it just comes, some of it just completely depends on the time of the injury and when the game comes out as well. How long do you think you spend each like so? Whether it be okay, this is probably another two parter. But how long do you think you spend in the the database tool that uh, like editing players per like maybe not necessarily a game, but per transfer window or per a major update? Um. So, well, obviously between from when the winter update is released up until probably I would say, where, where would I, where would I start editing again? Probably right toward just after the end of the season, you know, I, I won't do anything. So it's not, not a huge break really. Um, it's hard to estimate Matt, because obviously I'll spend, normally I'll spend a bulk of time sat down. Normally I'll do first team. And then probably do like youth players in in an, a, a, on a different time, contracts at a different time. So I like give myself time to do everything. But then I'd probably aren't, and then I'll come on for like 20, 30 minutes a day sometimes doing the transfers as well. So adding it all up per release of the game, it's probably a lot more than I expect. But to estimate, probably six or seven hours, probably a bit more, just just to get the team prepared for this one. For one version, I'd say, I'd probably say around like, that sort of time. Like any, like, do you have any like ad hoc tweaking as you go? Like throughout, say throughout the summer, sort of there's you get drips, drips and drabs of bits of transfer news, uh, or you know other things happen to certain players and what have you. Yeah. Um, throughout, throughout, like, do you will you change it as soon as it happens, or do you kind of wait until the end and then just do it all in one? Some of some of it depends. So there are some, and I do it a lot. You, we basically put in different submissions, so the basically the head research is going to know. So if I do first team changes, I'll call it first team changes. But then there's some like, oh, this guy said he was best mates with this guy on this interview here. I'm there like, well, I'm not going to be in a rush to put that in the game, so I'll just put that as like miscellaneous changes. So I'll put that in there or this like place of birth of somebody or whatever. There was one where I'm probably going to say it wrong, but the somebody Korean had messaged and said, Hwangi Chan, it says he's got South Asian uh, ethnicity instead of whatever Asian. And I was there like, right, okay. So again, they're not things that I'm desperate to put in the game. They will go in the game, mm. but it's not something that I've got, right, I've got to change the ethnicity of Hwangi Chan straight away. Um, so they do get put in the game, but it's not anything I, I rush to do. Transfers I just do straight away because if we sign a player, I want to see them straight away at Wolves. So if I'm sure some other clubs are like it. There's somewhere I remember that uh, when Morgan Gibbs White joined Swansea on loan, I just seen it come up on my phone. Went on my emails. A Swansea researcher had already requested to to put him in. I was like, flipping <laughs> egg, give me a chance. <laughs> but some some people are like that. They're the 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 foreign researchers take ages sometimes. Like. Uh, I think Trincao took me like weeks to get at Wolves. So sometimes, but I think that teams like Barcelona, their researcher is sometimes a head researcher of Spain as well. Mm -hmm. There are some clubs like that. So their job is massive. Um, 
but yeah, it's uh, yeah, stuff does take priority, basically. Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, have you had any sort of stories like the the Ben Brereton Diaz thing, where he was he wasn't Chilean, and then all of a sudden he was half Chilean, where like someone had realised he his his mum's Chilean, yeah, changing it changes it, and then obviously like that that story went viral last year because it was just such a mental occurrence that. He would never have got in the Chile national team if it wasn't for football manager and the researcher for putting his uh, second nationality as Chilean. Um, there's one that it's pretty well known with Wolves fans, but probably not so much other football fans. So Max Kilman, he his parents' heritage. One is well, it's a bit, it's a bit sort of. Um, I'll try and figure the word in a minute, but. One parent is Ukrainian and one parent is Russian. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> with the timing of this part, you know. Um, but, and again, I don't know if this is much public knowledge, but Shevchenko approached Kilman to get him to represent Ukraine uh, a year or so ago. Um, but FIFA had blocked it because Kilman had represented England at futsal internationally. And they put all of that under the same umbrella. So futsal, beach football, um obviously professional men's football is all under the same umbrella so he's represented England at another sport so I've had to now put him declared as English and then somebody put well uh, Max Kilmer can't represent Ukraine or Russia so you may as well take them off his profile I was like well no because he's still Ukrainian and Russian yeah. it just means he can't play <laughs> play for him he just doesn't all of a sudden lose his nationality <laughs> um, so that that is one there's a couple where now, a couple of the young, the youth players I've found out have got like uh, heritage in Congo and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, so again, there might be somewhere down the line where I, I don't know the Congo manager or staff might play football manager in a couple of years and find out a couple of the, the Wolves youth players can represent them. Jamaica, it happens quite a lot. Not so much with uh, with um, that I've done, but I remember Ebanks Blake on FM back in the day used to switch to Jamaican. Uh, nationality. I've seen Niall Ennis, who used to play for Wolves. He's done it on uh, FM as well. So I don't know. There, there probably are a lot more instances, Matt, where it actually happens. Kits, Kits and Saint. I can't. I can't remember. Kits and Nevis. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I, I remember signing him on FM Twenty. Who's that? Ennis. Yeah, I think. Yeah. It, might, it was. I, a think, he, I think he represents Jamaica remember. as well. I've seen him on. I think he's Jamaica on my FM, but he probably has a couple. To be fair. But there are there are some like that. You just find out either in obviously off their Wikipedia pages or off of random interviews as well. Nuno Nuno was one. Uh, I had to add like languages you could speak. He played in Russia. He speak fluent Russian, Spanish, Portuguese. Wow. Um, so I, I might not take credit for that because it might have already been in the game. But yeah, stuff like that I found out through Football Manager, which was quite mad. Mental. Well, oh, do you have any other anecdotes to finish us off with? Um, what's the weirdest thing you've had to do like as as a researcher Mm. let me try and think now let's try and think on the spot weirdest thing well not so much weird but the the one obviously I said earlier right at the start it comes with its perks so one of them is that you can obviously be a new gen in football manager. Uh, so when when you have to put all your information in, 
Uh, it's obviously name, place of birth, position, whatever. And I wanted my second nationality to be Maltese, which it's not. It's just purely English. I'll have to speak to football manager about that, by the way. Uh, but the weirdest thing that happens is that like every now and then there's people that don't even follow me or whatever, just tweet me or DM me a picture. Oh, look, you're in the St. Albans under-18s team, I might say. I was like, oh, sound. I'd rather them show me when I'm in the England first team, which has happened a couple of times. But yeah, if if people aren't aware, search, search my name and it might be in your your FM save. But yeah, you're not you're not very good in mine. I'm afraid. Nah, I don't, nine times out of ten, I am dreadful. Um, <laughs> but if I can think of any of a, I've got a weird one, man. I've not told you this yet. This isn't really researcher related. Um, so I coached my my the youth team I coached yesterday, and we got smashed like bad. One of our worst ever defeats, and I was getting mad at the ref and everything. Game finished, we're walking off the pitch and the ref comes running after me. I was like, mate, mate. I was like, shh, what have I done? He was like, oh, can I have a selfie? I'm a huge fan of the streamer showdown. I was like, what? Genuinely, <laughs> God's on, on, honestly, all the kids on my team were like, oh, do you watch his YouTube channel? He's like, no, 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 big, big Twitch fan. I watch the streamer showdown. I'm not lying. I swear. That's that what is... he said to me. And I, I, was, you fucking I was like, mate, we just lost 8-1. I've been calling you every name under the sun and now you want a selfie with me? What's going on? So there's a there's a crazy football manager well, YouTube there Twitch you go. moment, Matt. There you it's go. a so small world, up. and it, I, I was expecting oh, I'm a huge Talking Wolves fan, but no, well, that's what everyone else thought. And <laughs> there you go. Mental. Well, what a, what a, what a lovely note to finish things off on. Thank you very much, David, for the, no, the insight that you've provided. I've learned quite a lot. I I had no idea about the like the I mean just in terms of like football mechanics, I guess about the the fact that if you'd re- represented someone at futsal that came under the the same umbrella as the national team yeah it's be- beach football and and everything yeah i learned that as well but there's 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 loads there's uh international stuff we can't i could t- I could change preferred national um you know nationalities and so on but we used to have to do international caps and goals and stuff like that but now that goes to the head researchers now instead i don't know why i think people used to get the deadlines mixed up um, like in the winter update, you weren't meant to put in international caps between the start of the season and January, because it would obviously start start put, on the winter update. It would put international caps that weren't even a thing basically. So uh, now they deal with all of that. But if there's any other questions, obviously people can tweet the pod or tweet myself or whatever. Get in touch with them. I'll try my best to answer them. Lovely. Thank you very much, David. Right. My pleasure. That brings episode 243 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting 5starpotential.com where you can find all our latest Football Manager content. 5 Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us and hopefully a few more of us next week. Say goodbye, Dave. Goodbye, Dave. (laughs)